Get up and go again. Get up and go again. I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you today. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to Jesus, and he was, he was at the seaside. He was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, who is Jairus by name, and when he saw Jesus, fell at his feet, and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. And she will live. No doubt there. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And while he was still speaking, I've left a gap there in the middle there. We have this, this person come up with such an attitude of faith that she said, I'm not leaving till I get my miracle. Touched the hem of his garment was healed and then Jesus, because he does more than we can ever ask or imagine, said, well, your faith healed you, but I'm gonna do far abundantly above all you can ask or imagine. I'm gonna make you whole. Your faith healed your physical body, but now go away in shalom and be made whole of every weakness, every financial problem, every emotional instability, every, everything in your life be made whole. Wonderful. And Jairus saw and heard all of that. He saw it, he heard it. What a great encouragement to his faith. He's come up, he says his daughter was at the point of death. I don't know what journey they'd had. Perhaps it had been a few weeks. Perhaps it had just been out of the blue and it had happened in 24 hours. Perhaps it had been a long-term illness. And they'd endured it. And they'd struggled with it. And they'd prayed about it. But something happened and he was hearing about this man, Jesus Christ. Perhaps it was the last resort. Perhaps they'd put up with this for years. You know, from this story we read of the lady with the issue of blood, she'd suffered with that for 12 years. And it's in the Bible, so that information must have come out in that situation because they heard about it and it's in the book. I don't know, perhaps Jairus's daughter had been sick for 12 years. Perhaps it had been five minutes. But what a great encouragement that he had. There's this woman that had only grown worse and spent all she had and here he is, he's just said, Jesus, come, if you just touch my daughter, she will live. And I don't know about you, but there are times when you declare that or you say that and straight away the enemy comes in with a lie. You pray a prayer and straight away, boom, this thought bomb comes in. It's never gonna happen. What a great encouragement to his faith that Jesus had just begun to go with Jairus and up comes this, this, this impossible situation, issue of blood, and straight away she was healed. He must have felt a thousand feet tall. Wow, it's my time now. My daughter's getting up today. She's coming out of that sickbed today. Everything's changing today. While he was still speaking, this is the Lord Jesus saying, be made whole of your infirmity to the woman. Some came from the house of Jairus 
and I'm going to have a little bit of license here today, and their face would have told a story. They weren't coming up smiling. They weren't coming up waving banners of victory. They were thinking, how on earth do we break this news? He's just told us this morning he was going off to find the miracle worker. He's going off to find the man who is the answer to, to this whole situation. He's going off and he's going to try and bring him back. And he's going to come back and we're going to see something. But now in, in, in that time, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. He said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Their face would have told the story before he even heard the words. You would have felt that atmosphere coming into that little group of people. You would have felt that, what do we do? What do we say? How do we deal with this? Do we tell him? Do we not tell him? Do we, what do we do? We've got to tell him. Because we don't want him to be putting all his hope in a breakthrough and bringing Jesus back and it's too late. We've got to stop this now. But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Huh. Get up and go again. Get up and go again. He'd probably got up and gone again a hundred times in his life and for different things, for different ways, but now this is the biggest test of his life. He'd put his expectation, he'd put his faith on a healing, and now that's gone. Time to get up and go again. I don't know who you are here today or what your situation is, and perhaps you put your faith for a specific type of a breakthrough, and now all of a sudden the news comes that that's no longer relevant. Hello? That's not the time to let go. That's the time to get up and go again. But Jesus permitted no one follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and he saw the tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when Jesus came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, she's only asleep. And when they'd had a go at him, who do you think you are? Get out of here. You've got no business here. Where's your empathy? <laughs> but when he'd put them all, out, all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, Peter, James, and John, and they entered where the child was lying can I put it here? Dead. And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. They'd been overcome with grief five minutes earlier. Now they're overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. 
I don't know, have you ever had that sinking feeling when all hope is gone? That sinking feeling? I was expecting that. It's all over. With one report, with one phone call, with one news announcement, with one something, that's it. It is all over. It's the bombshell that comes. It's the wham. It's the doctor's report. We had a whole year last year of what happens if the brook dries up. It's the bad report. Well, I've just got some things to say. Just some headliners, really. What do you do to get up and go again? Because that's what we're going to do today. What do you do to get up and go again? Number one, you turn your heart to Jesus. <laughs> you turn your heart to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's what it's, that's the source of our life is the person of Jesus Christ. You turn your heart to Jesus. Can I say it doesn't matter who you are, what station you have in life, what robe you've got on, what position you hold in the community. I love Jairus. I think he's such an example of someone who loves God. But we've got to understand the context of this. Here he is, a ruler of the synagogue. Lots of things went wrong for Jesus in the synagogues. So he was part of the crowd that were causing Jesus problems. But he was seeing something very different from some of the other rulers. You see, perhaps he'd been somebody who was, who does this man think he is, healing on the Sabbath? Who knows? But how many of you do know that sometimes your theology has to change when you get desperate? Your tradition has to change when you get desperate. All the time it's somebody else getting healed on the Sabbath, how dare they? But when it's your child, I don't care what day it is. Hello? Don't care what day it is. And it's so easy for us to point the finger at other people when we're not going through what they go through. Ah, Jesus doesn't do it like that. He does it like this. Hang on a minute. I'd love to see you in the situation. <laughs> I'm so glad we're not a church that points the finger. We just don't do it. Perhaps you've come from a place with a lot of criticism and a lot of blaming and a lot of upset and a lot of all that. Well, we just zip it up here. Amen? Amen? Look at someone say, zip it. Yeah, just, just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. Where's my Costa? I fancy uh, my coffee. Zip it, you see. Don't you judge me for drinking a cup of coffee on a platform. Oh, how dare you. It's got caffeine in it, don't you know? <laughs> Two. Two. I've progressed. But isn't it interesting how when we go through things, our theology can change. But can I just say what does never change is the written word of Almighty God. 
And the sad thing is when people go through sickness, they sometimes say, well, it doesn't really mean lay hands on the sick and they recover. It doesn't mean that. Because that's not my experience. So you don't change the word. Are you getting anything? You don't change the word. What will need to change is whatever is keeping you out of the promises of God. Hello? They say, oh, you know, I give and I'm believing to receive and I'm struggling right now so I'm not going to believe, give and receive anymore. No, that's not what we do. We change the other stuff. We change the other stuff. Thank God for Jairus. He changed his religious tradition and turned his heart to Jesus. Turned his heart to Jesus. Absolutely wonderful. And it didn't matter that he was the leader, he fell on the floor. I think of King David. Stripped down to his boxers and danced for 25 miles. <laughs> How vulgar. How disgusting. That's what they said. How disgusting. We don't want to see your boxers. How vulgar before the women. That's what they said. It's actually what they said. And he said, you know what? I don't give a rip. I'm worshipping Jesus. And I don't care what you think of me. I'll be even more vulgar yet. That's what he said. Wow, I love that attitude. Not for vulgarity's sake. We don't just want to be vulgar. But we want to be exuberant and worship God with all our heart and soul and strength. He couldn't dance with all those robes on. I mean, flapping about. He had to get rid of it all so he could be free in worship. And I love Jairus. There he is. The ruler, and when he walks in, people go, oh, ruler, ruler, ruler. But he didn't care about that that day. He got down on the floor in front of Jesus Christ and said, please, I need your help. Come and lay hands on her. She's going to be healed. She will live. And he said it from the floor. Never be too, let's use the word this morning, shall we? Proud. To humble yourself before God. See, humility is not an add-on in the body of Christ, in the kingdom. It's not an add-on. I love one Peter. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. In the, in the time before the service, we just have a quick time of prayer and I said some of the things I'll be speaking on which I haven't actually got time to hear today to speak on. Make sure you watch this online because there'll be a lot more in the second service. 
But having a confidence is never in conflict with being, hu- being humble. Never a conflict with confidence and humility. See, humility gives you confidence because it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. But pride is in conflict with God. So let's live in the place of conflict with the flesh, but confidence with God. Amen? What's the second thing that's important today if we're going to get up and go again? Let's look at someone and say, get up and go again. Okay. What's the next thing? When the bombshell hits, she's dead. You want to let go? Number two is this, unconditional trust. Unconditional trust. Fear and faith are mutually exclusive. I'm sure Jairus had it all sorted in his mind. He was going there saying, you know what? I'll ask him to do this and that's what he'll do. Don't we love to organize God? Don't we love to organize him? God, just do X, Y, and Z. That's it. It'll all be sorted. And God says, well, I've got another plan. I've got another route. I've got another journey. I've got another way. And when our plans come to an end and God does not do what we expect. Now, let me, let me really qualify that and clarify that. I'm not talking about God does not fulfill his word. But when he does it a different way. Oh God, you're going to do it like that because that's how you did it last time. That's how you did it for them. That's how you did it for this and for that. And, for what and God just says, I'll fulfill my word, but don't you ever tell me how to do it. it's that humility thing again put God in remembrance of the promise but he can do it however he wants amen good preaching thank you very much when God doesn't do it the way we expect that's where trust comes in trust in the Lord with all your heart In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. What's the third thing we need to do? We need to go again. That's what today's about. We need to go again. Move forwards. Time in Israel when they were facing the Red Sea and there was the Egyptian army behind and they were... The Bible says they've been brought out in great glory with all the wealth of Egypt. Everybody got healed when they had the lamb. I mean, what an explosion of God's glory. And now all of a sudden, it's another example of this. Get up and go again. We're out. For 470 years, we've been slaves and now we're out. And now, uh uh-oh, there's the Red Sea and an army. We're trapped. Let's go back to Egypt. Didn't take them long, did it? In the desert. Let's go back where there's garlic and mothballs and onions and whatever else. That was another preach I did years ago. It's all changed. And God said to the children of Israel, he said, go forwards. Go forwards. Don't go backwards. 
Don't sit still. Go forwards. It's time to move forwards. You see, there will be hurdles. Don't stop at the first hurdle. Don't stop at the second hurdle. I love the fact, you know hurdling, I used to do the 110 meters hurdle. I did, 100 meter sprint, 110 meter hurdle. Hammer down that, anything over 200 meters you can keep. <laughs> no interest in long running. But that sprint, that we did the, the kids race. When Stephen, I don't know how old you were, probably 11, year six, you know, the father's race, the dad's race. Here, there I was, <coughs> 50, something. And all these dads were like 30 and 35. And there I was, 50. And I'm just a little bit competitive. <laughs> just a little bit. And I thought, dear God. Hold my glasses, I'm going for this. <laughs> and I remember I stood there and there was, there was Mr. Superman just up the thing. There was other dads of all different shapes and sizes. They were all 15 years younger than me or more. And then there was Mr. Superman over there. And I, I caught his eye. <laughs> oh, man. And, and his was a dismissive glance. Mine had daggers in them. <laughs> um, and they fired that gun or clapped their clapper and I went for it and I came second. <laughs> and I felt terrible for days afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> But hurdles, you know what, you can, you can just, you know, if you do the hurdles, you can just put your foot on them and just, you know, you kick them all down. <laughs> you can just run through them. It's not, you, you don't get disqualified for knocking over a hurdle, as far as I'm aware. So you can just run through them all. Better to hurdle them. Less painful. Don't stop at the first hurdle. The first hurdle may be the doctor's report. Okay, well, I'll deal with that one. Fantastic. Well, I'll bring Jesus back and it'll be fine. Don't stop at the second hurdle. He's delayed with somebody else. Come on, we haven't got time for this, Jesus. You, you can deal with her later. My, my girl's at the point of death. She's not. She's had this for 12 years. Another six months won't be a problem. <laughs> Come with me and I'll bring you back. This is important. Second hurdle, don't stop there. Timing. Third hurdle, she's dead. Fourth hurdle, everybody wants to kill Jesus when he gets there. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Get out of here. He could have got offended and gone. So many hurdles just in this one story here. It's one account. Don't stop at any hurdle. A hurdle is not a brick wall, and we can move brick walls, by the way. But don't stop at any hurdles in Jesus' mighty name. You can leap over a troop. You can run through a wall. You can get through, get around, get over, move, whatever it is that you are facing this morning. Whatever hurdle it is, get up and go again.
Okay, so the situation's changed, we run again. Okay, so the report's changed, we run again. Whatever it is, we are more than enough. Number four, know who your friends are. Know who your friends are. Will you come and heal her? Yeah, I'll come. Everybody come along. Everybody, doesn't matter. This is a healing situation, not difficult. Not that anything's difficult for God. Easy, everybody come along, doesn't matter. She's dead. Right, we're doing some stripping out now. We're stripping out the crowd because this has changed. Know who your friends are. Peter, James and John with me. Dad, the father with me. We're going. Everybody else, stay away. How do you stop a multitude? Have you ever really thought about how this stuff happens? They were thronging him. They were over, they were, everyone's pressing in to touch him, we're told. And there's this woman with the issue. I mean, this is a, this is a crowd. This is a mosh pit. So what's happening. Other places, it said they thought he was going to be trampled. Have you, ever, have you ever tried to stop a crowd? He didn't just say, everybody, please leave. All right. All right then. No, they were crowding around him. He released authority. That's what he did. And I don't know how he said it. I'd love to have seen it. I'd love to have been there. How do you stop hundreds or thousands or whatever it was of people who are potentially crushing the Son of God and somebody's just got healed, which would have stirred them up even more? Heal me, heal me, heal me. How do you get rid of the demands that are upon your life when you're focused and you need to get back and do that one thing and everybody else is clamoring for your attention? Heal me. My daughter's sick as well. Can you come and my brother, me, me, look, my leg. But Jesus would have spoken in such authority that bam, there was a break. And he went off on his own with the three and the and the Father. Know who your friends are. Who do you take with you when the bad report comes? You only take, and I'm saying this strongly, you only take people of faith. Ah, but they make me feel better. I don't care what they make me feel like. I want their faith. I want their wisdom. I want their anointing. Are you with me? Who do you take with you when the chips are down? Who do you turn to? Oh, we turn to Jesus, yeah, and Peter, James, and John. Who are the Peter, James, and John in your life? Who do you go to when you need that advice for that life-changing thing? Who's the friend you phone? Phone a friend. I don't want a 50-50 of the crowd's opinion. Hello? Don't care what the crowd says, leave them behind. Oh, I've got so much. I'm six minutes over. I've just got to go forwards. Number five, the importance of environment. He arrived back at the house. It was an environment of despair and grief and criticism of Jesus. 
there are times to have a clear out of your own environment to get up and go again. Clear out of your own environment. Never entertain compromise. Jesus put them all out. That's even far different from the crowd stay there. He put them all out of a place where they should have been. They were there to to support. The family were gathering. I mean, just use your own thinking on that. I mean, wow. He put them all out. We need to have an environment clear out sometimes. Who is it you said, Martin Luther, the birds can fly over your head, but don't let them nest in your hair. Amen. Clear out your environment. Make sure it's a a conducive environment for a miracle. Number six, speak life and not death. Can't get away from it, can you? He took her by the hand and he said to the girl. He didn't ask the father. He didn't pray. He spoke to the girl. Oh Lord, will you move this mountain? No, come on, I told you to speak to the mountain. Don't talk to me about the mountain. You may want to talk to me about the mountain, what you're supposed to say to it. But when we've talked about that, don't ask me to talk to the mountain. You speak to the mountain. You move the mountain. You take the girl by the hand. You say, little girl, I say to you. The Bible says her spirit had left. Her spirit had left the body. You see, death happens when the spirit leaves the body. But even that's a hurdle that can be overcome. He said to her, little girl, took her by the hand. Little girl, I say to you. Oh, Father, I ask that you know. Little girl, I say to you, get up. Arise. Arise. And the Bible says her spirit returned. Her spirit returned into her body. This was a real raising from the dead. This wasn't she'd been gone about 30 seconds and they got the paddles on her. No, this is a spirit gone. Little girl, I say to you, arise. And her spirit returned. You see, speak life and not death. You getting anything out of this this morning? Perhaps life needs to return into one of your circumstances today. Perhaps the life has gone out of that business, out of that marriage, out of that relationship with your children, out of that health situation, out of that financial situation. Well, it's never over until we say it's over. Life can return smack bang into the middle of that empty vessel. And today as we close, number seven is feed the miracle. Feed the miracle. Uh, oh, I'd love to spend a whole, a whole message just on this last one. The miracle has got legs. Let it run. The miracle has got its own voice. Let it speak. Don't close the miracle down. Give it room. See, sometimes we want to sort of 
speak about stuff. Just let the miracle speak. Just let what God has done speak. God doesn't need our exaggeration. Hello? He doesn't need our, I don't know what the word is. I can't think of what the word is I'm trying to find right now. He doesn't need our spin. Let the miracle speak. Now, I don't know what you would have felt if he'd said, don't tell anybody, which is what he said to the parents. Didn't say that to the little girl. Said that to the parents. Don't tell anybody. I would have thought, I'm sorry, God. Thanks for what you've done, but I'm going to tell the world here. (laughs) I'm going to stand on the rooftops and shout. And you know what? Absolutely, God wants his word to run with free course. And there's a part of this that, you know, he was already in issues of being crushed and being hounded by the press and by everybody. And he just wanted some peace and quiet sometimes. But let the miracle speak. Let the miracle run. What you've heard from God, what you've received from God, let it out. Let the miracle speak. Let's all stand to our feet today. I hope you got something out of that. Get up and go again, yeah? Get up and go again. Get up and go again. Get up and go again. We've sung today, Miracle Worker. Light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Perhaps you've had God in a box. He's got to do it like this. With that person, in that time scale. And God's just saying, I'm going to do it. Don't put me in a box. Let me be God. Come on, let's lift our hands to Him today. We speak life in Jesus' name right now. Life into every situation. We clear out unbelief, weeping and wailing. Gone in Jesus' name. I refuse, we refuse to live in a soulish, emotional way. We receive the Word of God today. Thank you for our Peter, James and John. Thank you for those who do the journey with us. And thank you, God, that that's us for somebody else. That I'm a Peter, James or John for someone else's journey. Lord, and we commit to being life for them. Not the weepers and the wailers. (laughs) And right now we declare Talitha Kumi. Little girl, I say to you, arise in Jesus' name. Health arise, finances arise, marriage arise, children arise, business arise, church arise. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, as a church, we commit to feed the miracle. Feed it. Let it grow. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise today. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Perhaps you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Today's your day. That's it. This is it. Today is your day to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible says amazing things happen. You go from death to life, from darkness to light. You go from oppression to freedom. Life changes. So if you're here today and you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, perhaps you need to recommit your life to God. Whatever it is, don't leave this room without that miracle taking place. How does it take place? Very, very easily, very quickly, but with the greatest humility that there will ever be. And that is, Lord God, I give you my life. Jesus Christ, be my Lord. Can I just use words? Be my boss. Fill me with your presence and your spirit. Sorry for all the sin, the nasty stuff, the attitudes, but not just things I've done, the person that I am. Outside of Christ, that's all of us. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood on the cross for me, paying the price to give me eternal life. And I receive you today as my Lord and my Saviour. If you need to pray a prayer like that today, right now with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you here today, I'm going to ask you to do one thing and then we're all going to pray together and that is to lift your hand and say, yep, that's me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Is anybody here today? Every week we have people come to Christ. Come on, where are you today? Perhaps it's for the first time, perhaps you need to recommit your life to God. Is there anybody here today to say yes to Jesus Christ? Well, we're going to pray the prayer and perhaps you've not responded, but I will never close the service if I can't help it without the opportunity. Let's all declare, Heavenly Father, I receive you today. Lord Jesus, I receive you today. Holy Spirit, I receive you today and declare Jesus to be my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, one, one last time. Let's give God some praise today. Wonderful. We're going to close our service.